Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. And now Mason Crosby, as he's done it so many times to the Dallas Cowboys, looking for the walk-off game ender with 325 to go. Snap, placement, kick is up, and it is good! Yes! Good! And there is your dagger! Wilson, under pressure, stepping up, firing downfield, it's tipped and intercepted by Mitchell, who takes a knee at the one! Yeah, let's take that one home! Come from behind victories in Week 10 for... The two teams that will be squaring off tonight at Lambeau Field. Short week. Titans, Packers. They're both trending in the right direction, although the Packers have a lot more work to do. The Titans already in good position. And, Chris, I guess we subconsciously decided to pay tribute to Aaron Rodgers' post-game press conference attire today by wearing black, although I'd I always wear this on Thursday, except on the Thursdays when I can't find it, which happened a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well. You've got something that's more along the lines of what Rodgers does, although he does like hoodie and poncho and well i can't wear a hat but i mean first off but uh, first off this the first off you're you're way off here you're way off i've been wearing this forever he's copying me okay let's just get this straight me and all black has been a thing for four years now okay so i i'm not copying him if anything i think he's looked at me on tv and gone damn the guy's got good style he wears either all black or all blue every day and i'm gonna jump on that that's kind of how i viewed it i mean you're crazy for that i mean geez i'm but you don't wear black with any kind of regularity or predictability. What's happened this year is Aaron Rodgers shows up. Yeah, on Sundays. For the post-game press conference right. in all black. Yeah. He's yeah. sending some sort of a message to someone or 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 he does some cat burgling on Sunday nights and he doesn't want to have to change clothes on his way to whatever house he's going to rob while he's leaving the because he's only making fifty million a year, he yeah, needs the extra money extra, to get from fencing change. people's diamonds. Yes, so uh, we'll see him tonight, not in all black. But now I have an incentive to stay up and watch his post game press conference from Lambeau Field after the game. To see it's if been he, what four weeks in, a row? in all black on a Thursday, right? I mean, it's at, four or at five least weeks? four. It's right. been it's it, it's as long as I can remember this season, which I'm old and I can't remember much, but. I feel like we've been talking about his layered all black look because he's got like a robe that Miles the New Simmons England game. I feel like it started right, right, and it's like it's got yeah, it's got the hoodie, he's got a poncho, he's got a robe, cut off hoodie. Just, it's <laughs> it's something. It is something, but uh, we'll see if we see it tonight. Before that, we'll see the Titans and the Packers for the next two hours. Hey. we'll see it here. PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at Google Store. Got. Hello to our audience who is watching 
and hopefully enjoying the program on Peacock, Sirius XM 85, listening, not watching, obviously, Sky Sports NFL podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We love hello, all hello, of you. Hello, hello, hello. We love we all just, of you. We just say that. We just say that. We don't, I don't know that we love all of them because we don't know all of them. We so, love them. We love them if we they're, love if the they're idea. listening and That's they're the thing. interested. I love the idea. That in this day and age, with so many options, so many choices, so many different things you can spend your time paying attention to, if you choose to spend your time listening to a couple of morons talk about football, we necessarily love you. <laughs> yes, yes. What? Well, we do. We got we got a good good following. We got a good group. They understand what we are. They under, I feel like I people understand our inside oh, they know, jokes. They know what we are. Yeah, well, they know yeah. what we are. Yeah, some That's haters out sure. there. Who cares? But hey, like, what? Go ahead. It's a week till Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it occurred to me yesterday. Right. As we were planning for our double dip today of PFT Live, followed an hour or so later by the Joint Megapix podcast. Next week, and this falls into the first world problem category, I'll freely admit. But next week is what I call the 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag week because we got to do all our work by Wednesday. We got to have everything finished by Wednesday. I'll take it. Megapix podcast on Wednesday. Yeah, so what? Who cares? It's great. I'll take it. It's still, I'm still doing one less podcast next week, so that's still something off of the you know oh, oh, daily well, list. Not me. Well, I'm doing all my work in three days instead of four. Well, I, I, I do a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday podcast on a normal week, and you know next week is just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so I will not be doing a podcast all three days there. But I, I'll t- I, I've been looking forward to next week uh, for the last you know month. Because I hit that point where, you know, week seven, week eight, where you get a little, whoa, the schedule and I'm, you know, trying to keep up with film and doing that where you do get tired at Thanksgiving weekend, that one extra day off is a great little refresher as we go into the last part of the season. So that's where I look forward to it, too, let alone it's my favorite holiday of all holidays. See, and, and this is going to be a very unpopular position that I'm about to articulate. Well, you've never done that before. Room. Right. No, no, well, well, I think we should have a show on Thursday and Friday next week. Well, you can kiss we my ass and you can kiss my ass and you can, <laughs> and then you're getting booed I'm in the back. I'm being heckled. Yes, you just, are. This just in, I'm being heckled yeah. in the control room. <laughs> but, but there's three games on Thanksgiving That's to right. get people ready for and then react to on Friday and next year. Nobody's listening on year. Friday morning. Don't worry. It's no, it's not worth it. Everybody's next, hungover. And, next year, yeah. uh, they maybe you know they're like they'll catch up on the podcast. They they'll watch on demand. We'll have clips for the website next year. There's a Black <laughs> Friday game. So hey, and and before we go any farther, there's a chance there'll be a Black Friday game this year because there's like six feet of snow up to. It's going to fall in Buffalo over the next few days, and they don't know what the hell they're going to do with that game they on Sunday. Get shovels and move and it out of the way. I mean, this is football. Yeah. We don't move games because of snow. Get your damn plows out, Buffalo, and get it figured out. It's I mean, what the hell? Before. You know it's happened before, Like right? once. And that Philadelphia, was a, yeah. Minnesota, twice. 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 There was a snowstorm in Philly that caused a game to be delayed by two days. That was a Sunday night football game. I stayed in Manhattan. That was like my first year connected to – football night in America, it was horrendous. There was like 25, 30 inches of snow. I thought we were going to die. Roddy Harrison and I walking back to the hotel from 30 Rock. Like, if you fall down, you ain't getting up. That's how bad it was. It was horrible. And then Tuesday, we all took a train down to Philly and, and did the game from on site. They moved it to Tuesday night. And then four or five years ago, maybe even longer than that, there was a playoff game between the Steelers and the Chiefs. Right. And there was an ice storm in Kansas City they right. from 1 o'clock to 8 o'clock yeah. at night. So I, just, I think all bets are off. They're ta- six feet, up to six feet of snow. It's November. It's unbelievable. So so it's just something to keep an eye on yes, as it is. the week unfolds. Because one of the options, because people are saying, well, there's no way they can move the game because the Bills and the Lions play on Thursday. And that's when the little light bulb started to flicker over my head. They could just move that game to Friday if need be. Wouldn't that be something? Well, yeah, that wouldn't be good, though. I don't want that. I, I want to watch Detroit at 12.30 or 12 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day. That's, that's what we do. So they better figure out. They better get some big shovels in there. Where are they, the snow predict, predict, like prediction? Is it, is it on Sunday itself? Or I thought I read that maybe it was like the majority Constantly. of it was going to come on Saturday, right? Friday, Saturday? No? Well, a lake effect storm warning was in, a, in effect as of yesterday from 
Thursday, 7 p.m. until Sunday, 1 p.m. Ah, oh, they'll be so fine. So that was fine. the window. But that was as of yesterday. And the thing about weather, like the only weather they ever get right is yesterday's. I know that. I accept that. They, and, and nobody knows. They act like they know, but nobody really knows what's going to happen. So we'll find out. But it definitely hit my radar screen when I saw up to six feet. Because that's a problem. There's a certain point where people just can't get to the game. Yeah, I got you. There's a point where the Browns can't get to Buffalo. Right. There's a point where the Bills can't get out of Buffalo if they would decide they want to play the game somewhere else. Like, somebody had the idea yesterday, and I can't remember who it was. It was because it wasn't like anything I heard. It was one of the the people on Twitter or one of the commenters or whatever said, just play the game in Detroit. The Lions aren't home this weekend. I don't think they are. They play the – Giants in, in New York. Life, it right? is, yeah. Is that what York. happens? Yep. So, so go play Bills Browns in Detroit and just have the Bills stay there until Thanksgiving. I mean, the, you got to be creative and you got to be ready to move. You yeah. got to be, you got to be ready to go before you get yourself into a spot where you, it's too late to do anything. And I think the NFL likes to kick the can, kick the can, kick the can until it absolutely, positively has to make a decision. You could find yourself in a spot where it's too late to make a decision if they're talking about six feet. A yeah. snow being dumped yeah. on Western New York. Yeah. All right. No snow tonight at Lambeau Field, though. Uh, come which, on. Which come shame. on now. I, 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 I like a little snow. You know, there was snow flying during the epic Vikings-Bills game for a little while yeah, on Sunday. Nice. Right. And we, we got some – We got some. I, I looked out the window when I came up the steps today, a little snow on the roof of the barn. It's kind of a nice look. Yeah, we're, sure. We're getting toward that. It, you know, it's so weird how the I, – I understand how the calendar works and how the seasons change, but it feels like it's not very much time that you go from it being 75 degrees to snow in the air. Wasn't it just 75 degrees yeah, a couple there, of weeks there's ago? A, it's, like, we have a climate on? problem. Yeah, we have, it was 80 degrees here last week. It was 80, and now it's 41 right now, and it's going to be 28 here tonight. So there's a problem. There is a climate problem, everybody. So, yeah, it's not supposed to be 80 in the middle of November. That's the problem. This is normal. This is the way it's supposed to be. But we've lost, like, feel or track for that. And, uh, you know, yeah, I I like a little cold weather in November. The good news is there are now 8 billion people in the world. who. Yeah, it'll help out. Yeah, Elon Musk says we're here to reproduce. So listen to him. Yeah, that's right. Hey, give uh, this game some love. Right. You've poo-pooed I've, just about every Thursday game. I, I, all right? No, no, no. No, well, no. I poo-pooed the poo-poo. Like, if there's a pile of crap that is sitting in the middle of the room, I'm not going to walk around it. I'm going to say, look, there's a pile of crap. I yeah, mean, but you, so but you were wrong. A lot of them were great games. You were wrong. No, so, no. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. A, a great finish to a bad game does not make – and I've said, I've said, hey, we put our three hours in for Colts Broncos. We put our three hours in for Commanders Bears. And we got a payoff at the very end. But the games were horrible. I, I, that's just not me. You act like I'm, I'm some curmudgeon with my arms crossed in the corner while everybody else is having a good time at the party. Everybody said those games were shit. I mean, come on, even Al, during the game. Was saying, well, you know, sometimes the game's so bad, it's almost kind of good. And Kirk Herbster is like, no, it's not. So, so hey, it, it hasn't been a great schedule. Last week, it bottomed out for Falcons-Panthers. That was Lowest the worst one. Of the year, that was the worst no game surprise. of all. Yeah, at least, at least the other ones had a great ending. There was no great ending. It was just smothering and suffocation of the Falcons by the Panthers. But, and I made this point, the clouds are parting. We get a great game tonight. Several great games still to come. Yeah. Those Patriots is coming up. Yeah. Seahawks 49ers is coming up. Cowboys Titans is coming up. So there's some great games left on Thursday night. So yes, I, 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 I'm ready to give this game some love. We've, we've, we've done more than our usual 10 minutes of BS, uh, on a day when there's actually a good game to talk about. So let's talk about let's it. Titans, it. Packers, Titans six and three, Packers four and six with that win on Sunday over the Cowboys, trying to keep things moving in the right direction. They're very much alive for a wild card spot in the NFC. And as we mentioned earlier, both teams coming from double digit deficits to win in week number 10 as we, we start. Is it week, it's week 11. 11 now? Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. Week 11 starts now. I, I, that's, I, I don't mind bye weeks. But I get so discombobulated trying to think what a team's record is, how many games they've played, what week it is. Yeah. It's week 11 They're starting all tonight. Off right now. One of these teams has played nine games. The others played ten. The Packers' bye is coming up in a few weeks. The Packers, most importantly, snapped that five-game losing streak, which I think I mean, it's, at some point you got to win. 
But to beat a really good team should give you something that carries over into this short week game. A little burst of confidence, a sense that we've turned the corner, an idea that we can compete and we can win. Let's take them one game at a time. But I've wrestled with this one. We got the Mega Picks podcast coming up in a few hours, and I've gone back and forth. Who do I like? Titans, Packers, Titans, Packers. I, that, that, that makes for a good game tonight because I, I really think it is a tough call as to who's going to pull this one off, Chris. I, I agreed, Mike. I really I'm, – I'm with you there. I mean, we know – first off, the Titans, both of these teams are, are comfortable in, you know, what do you want to say, three yards in a cloud of dust type of football games – Games that are 17, 14, 20 to 17. So that's where it's hard to call it because you just go, well, more than likely it's going to be that kind of game. So who do we see out of these teams making that one or two plays? Because we know the NFL right now, more than ever, it comes down to four or five plays that really make the difference of the game. Who's going to make those plays to, you know, get that three point advantage to win the football game? I'm with you. I've gone back and forth with this one as well. You got to think Green Bay got a little more confidence. You know, like you've talked about with Minnesota all year, you get a win against a good team and all that. Okay, wait, we know how to win that type of football game. Tennessee definitely knows how to win that type of football game. They're in that every week. It never changes. So that's where it's really cool. But I think there's some interesting things about the matchup too, right, Mike? I mean, the running game of the Packers, the Packers, their offense, it's, it's been one of the you know, best things going in the NFL the last few weeks. Oh, whoa. Well, I don't know. Now it's the clash of the Titans there. I mean, literally, because the, the Titans D-line, you can't move it with some of those guys up there. Jeffrey Simmons, I think he's going to play. I know he was maybe questionable, didn't play last week. But that's where it gets interesting is, oh, wait, Aaron Rodgers and the team that wants to run the ball and do that and be real efficient with the short passing game for the most part, they might not be able to run the ball tonight at all. And now that might mean Rodgers has to drop back and throw the ball against a team that can rush the passer really well and can play really good pass defense. So that's where, Mike, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's uh, a lot of stuff here to unpack about this matchup. Jeffrey Simmons is questionable for tonight's game with an ankle injury. He's in Green Bay. If he hadn't made the trip, he would have been ruled out. There are five yeah. players out for the Titans. Bud Dupree with a hip. Amani Hooker, the safety with a shoulder. Lonnie Johnson with a hamstring. He plays corner. And center Ben Jones has a concussion. Also, the kicker, Randy Bullock is out for tonight. Josh Lambeau makes his first appearance since he was cut by the Jaguars. Remember, he's the guy who was kicked, allegedly, by Urban Meyer. Right. He filed a lawsuit. The lawsuit was dismissed earlier this week, but it's going to be refiled under a new theory. But Josh Lambeau is back. Wasn't blackballed for filing a lawsuit. I figured once he filed that, it was the kiss of death, and nobody would ever give him another chance in the NFL. But yeah, it's cool. We'll kick tonight. Maybe they realized it was Urban Meyer and there was some probably merit to the whole thing and they, you know, were able to evaluate that the right way. So that's good to see him back out there. That was really the tipping point. Once that came out, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times reported that last year. That was like a crazy, weird, the whole Urban Meyer adventure. And once that story emerged it felt like that's when it all began to fall apart that was the end of the end not the beginning of the end but the end of the end for urban meyer and he was out as the jaguars coach so last year's coach of the year at least as far as pft was concerned mike vrabel trying to pull it off on the road i think back to that thursday night game last year where they were down to the 49ers and they just keep coming there's a relentlessness to the tennis there there is right you know you mentioned you mentioned chris this idea that most football games, especially when it's two closely matched teams, it comes down to a play here, a play there, a decision here, a decision there, a fluky thing here, a fluky thing there. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, that gives you an edge when it comes to making those things happen. Right. When you got Mike Vrabel. When you got Mike Vrabel. That's, this is, that gives yeah. you an edge uh-huh. as well. Right. Who was it? Did you – somebody was – somebody was – because there's been this weird pushback to the – Colts had no business hiring Jeff's Saturday narrative. Right. There's people in the media saying that people are wrong to say that, that the Colts were wrong to give the job to somebody with no coaching experience. And somebody made the point, well, Mike Vrabel's a coach. I, slight difference. <laughs> Mike Vrabel's been coaching. For a while. He's been, he's, he Ohio got into State, coaching. Houston Texans. He's been a coach. Right. This isn't a guy that just got plucked out of the wilderness. He's a former player who pivoted 
to coaching. Like uh, instantly sit at home, right? Eating pork rinds for 10 years. And somebody called up and say, Hey, how'd you like to coach? Sure. What the hell? I'm not really doing anything else. I, I, I've done all my lawn, lawn work and, uh, cars are fixed. Yeah. I'll come coach for a few weeks. And they, so I can't, I can't remember who it was, but you no, know, Vrabel's become one of the best coaches in the NFL. No question. And we don't look at him that way because he looks like he'd still Put the pads on yeah. and beat the crap out of That's you. That's right. He Exactly. I mean, he still looks cavemanish with all due respect. I mean, he's a freaking outside linebacker for the New England Patriots, the, the Giants mold, which they only believe in huge, you know, killer human beings. He's a guy that, you know, probably had to watch what he eat his whole career to stay at 6'5", 270, because if he had a bad weekend of eating, he would have been 285 or 290. I mean, he is. He's... He's a giant human being, um, but, man, I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I think we're both in agreement there. The, the respect I have for Mike Vrabel, the coach, is is through the roof. He is definitely one of the best coaches in football. And because of what you said, you know, one, hey, the team, all the basic details of football and just the getting back to the basics there, they're great at all that, blocking, running, tackling. And then he's unbelievable at managing situational football in, in certain moments and, and knowing every rule like a Belichick and taking advantage of it and all of that. He's amazing at all of that. And then you add into, I think what you're talking about is, you know, the game plan specific stuff that we talk so much. Uh, he plays one defense one week and you come out the next week and you just go, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but damn, they're all over these guys. They know exactly where they're trying to attack. And they're, that's where, it, like when you talked about Rodgers and Vrabel, that's where I get real excited because I look at it like this, Mike. I don't know. I got to see somebody run on this defense before I say you can run on this defense. You know, with Simmons, who I think is going to play, this kid, look at number 90 tonight, everybody, Naquan Jones. He's, the, he's arguably the best run-stopping defensive tackle in football. And let alone they got another group of just depth and, and great size on the D-line where I don't think they're going to be able to move that group up there. I'd be shocked if they can run it. But then gets into the, the chess match, Mike, of what you're talking about of Rodgers, the quick release, the RPOs, the quick throws, and Vrabel – and a pass defense that's really honed in for the most part as of late. We saw that in the Kansas City game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't have one person open the whole night. He just he just got it in there and got it done the whole night. It was unbelievable. And so now they got to come up with a little bit of game plan, stop the run, and take away the ability to get it out real quick and you know find these little holes off of the little run fake. And that's what I'm excited to see, what Vrabel and company got for that. I do think the short week actually hurts them more than it does Green Bay in a lot of ways. Because Green Bay, you kind of know what they're going to do. It's their formula on offense, blah, blah, blah. Vrabel and them, like we're talking about, they're a little more exotic. And, you know, I'm sure they'll have something for them tonight, but I'm very interested in that aspect of the matchup. Titans had their bye week six, and I'm sitting here wondering how much time Vrabel may have spent to planning ahead for this one because he's played the Colts, Texans, Chiefs, and Broncos since the bye ended. And, you know, they, they know those teams pretty well. The Packers, a team they don't play very frequently, and I can't help but wonder whether he spent some of that time getting ahead of things because he knew that that Thursday night standalone primetime game at Lambeau Field is coming. And, you know, that Belichick mindset, no days off, bust your ass quietly. It's not like Mike Vrabel tells everybody how hard he works. Some people feel compelled to tell everyone how hard they work. Some people just go work hard. Yeah, that's They're Vrabel. too busy to stop and tell everybody how hard they're working. Right. And that's Vrabel. So uh, th- that, that part of it's going to be fascinating. You made the point yesterday about how th- they set the record by far last year of the total number of players that were on the roster. Right. And they still had the number one seed in that says it all. The, the, uh, the AFC. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we've had this conversation, I keep ping ponging in my brain who I'm going to pick in this one. When we do the podcast later today, I, I don't have a definite answer yet. Packers to Titans to Packers to Titans to Packers. And who knows right now I'm leaning Titans again. So, um, you know, both teams, that's the thing, both teams really need it. I, and and it, it sounds cliche, but it's true. You have that extra impetus. You, you, you've you got that 
sense of urgency. The Packers have it. They're running out of chances. They lose tonight. That's seven losses. You don't have many more before you're done. It's over. Yep. Goodbye. Yep. But if the Titans, if the Titans want to stand out, if they want to compete with the best of the best, if they want to have a home game or two in the postseason, they'll get one if they win that division, and they're the best team in that division. Yeah. But if you want to set things up for yourself a little bit better than that, you got to you got to keep winning these games. Although last year the one seed didn't mean a damn thing because the Bengals, who are next up for the Titans after this week, the Bengals came in and beat them last year to end that run after being the one seed. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. All right, so when the Packers have the ball, you're expecting that they're going to continue to run. The question in your mind is, Will they be able to? I, and I don't think they defense. will. I don't think they will. That would be my assessment sitting here now, right? You know, I, that's the, well, I, I, I haven't seen anybody be able to really run on the Tennessee Titans as of late. So that's where I just go. I don't think they will. And then, yeah, Mike, the, the next part is now I don't think Tennessee will give them the opportunities you saw Dallas give them as far as, wait, we'll play man-to-man across the board and take away the RPOs or some of the short passes that way. And then Rodgers got to hit Christian Watson really on all three touchdown passes. It was man-to-man coverage, a guy in a really tough spot against a guy that runs 4-2-9. The Tennessee Titans don't live like that. They're a little dabble in man, but they'll be smart with how they do it, and I think they're going to find ways to stop the run and then drop people in zones and areas where they know, like, oh, he's going to try to throw it here off of that with the RPO or the little quick pass or whatever there. That's where I envision. And to me, that's where I'm very interested to see what Vrabel, Shane Bowen, defensive coordinator for the Titans, what they got in store to kind of take that away. Because, uh, you know, again, it's, it's a pain in the butt formula, as we saw with Dallas last week. Dallas is a really good defense, and they had a hard time because of that little, you know, aspect of what, what – uh, the Packers bring to the table. When we saw the Titans play in primetime week nine, Sunday night football, they had to defend 68 throws. Yeah, right. By Patrick Mahomes. Too short of the single game record. On Sunday at Lambeau, Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers combined for 66 (laughs) passes for the entire game. And Rodgers only threw 20. I really do think that this thumb injury management was part of what forced the game plan because they knew they had to turn around and play on Thursday. Rodgers hadn't been at a point where he could even practice until Thursday every week of this thumb injury that goes back to the London loss to the Giants. And he said last week that the week before he tried to practice on Wednesday and it made it worse. So when is he even throwing the ball this week? Yeah. What is he really doing? And I think that, you know, when you throw only 20 passes in the game, I, I think you're conscious of, as an organization, the fact that this thumb isn't getting any better. And uh, that, that's a question tonight because, look, if they shut down the run, and I think they'll sell out to shut down the run and force Aaron Rodgers to throw a lot of passes, there's no way in hell he's got 68 passes in that thumb tonight. If the Titans can put the clamps on Aaron Jones and company that so I, I you know, again, some I, football isn't as easy as it looks, but we grossly overcomplicated. I think this is old school battle of wills, smash mouth, shut down the run and and, uh, you know, you take away the play action, which was so effective for the Packers on Sunday if they're not running the ball and you put more pressure on Aaron Rodgers to throw, 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 throw with that injured thumb. And uh, and you hope you have better luck than you did when Mahomes threw sixty eight. No, they they'll, they if they beat you. Yeah, if it gets to that, they, they will not win. They're they're not capable of doing fifty throws and winning a game, and not against this group either. I I don't think because they can of course rush the passer, and you know, and we know Mahomes and that passing offense has more weapons and more creativity, and the Titans were all over it. I mean, all over it. They're 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 on another level. They're an elite level 
uh, in my opinion, pass defense right now. Early in the year, you know, we, we talked about it. The stats lie about their overall defense a little bit. I think we hit on this last week. They had some mess-ups early in the year. They blew some coverages because they do a lot of intricate stuff. And it's a lot of, you know, you know, check to this, do this, rules and things like that where they mess up. They messed up a lo- the long touchdown pass last week. You know, Russell Wilson and them, they threw a touchdown pass. They were trying to play kind of an exotic zone coverage and disguise something. The guy kind of messed up how he was supposed to play it, and it gave the Broncos an easy touchdown to the left sideline. But uh, that, that's, I don't think that the Green Bay is built for that, and I don't think Rodgers, unlike Mahomes, who has no fear, and if you're open by this much he, and he can't throw it, he's still like, well, I'm Mahomes and I'll – I'll get it in there somehow. I mean, Mahomes was throwing hook shots in there. He was just making it happen. Rodgers isn't going to do that. You know, Mike, honestly, I think they want to throw it in the low 20s. I don't think they totally trust Rodgers. They don't totally trust that he's going to make the plays that are there. And he's not, he's not playing great. I know he had a good game last week, but, you know, he's not played good this year, period. It's like a little bit of the Tom Brady conversation. People don't really want to say it, but it's, it's the truth. And, you know, this is the kind of group here where he hasn't been able to pull the trigger into windows all year long. This group's going to make him feel really nervous about pulling the trigger into some of these windows. So that's where I get back again into the RPO, quick pass, little quick pick play here and all that type of stuff that Rodgers is phenomenal at because his release is the quickest release in the history of football. But, you know, Vrabel, his time for New England – you know all those, all that stuff. What they do now, I, I think they can pose some problems, and you know that that's where it'll be uh, be interesting. And then, gosh, Mike, we haven't even got to the other side of the ball, which I think is some well, interesting that's where matchups we're there. Good, uh, cool. Yes, well, because the Packers gave up 115 rushing yards <laughs> yeah. to Tony Pollard. On <laughs> exactly. <Sunday>. Right. <laughs> if Tony Pollard gains 115, what's Derrick Henry going to get? <laughs> that, that's that's the scary thing. Right. We've seen that you know you you can run the ball in Green Bay a little bit. They're a really good defense. We know that, but there's been teams all year long that have run the ball in Green Bay. Maybe it hasn't been like, oh my gosh, they got absolutely smashed by it. But I mean, you go through the year and you go, well, yeah, there's been plenty of teams that have put together hundred yard rushers, over a hundred yard games, and 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 playing that way. So that's where they've been a little disappointing. And then we know with that and a running ability like that, this is a team that's got. A great play-action pass game. They just don't have that guy yet. And then, you know, they're they're great too, Mike. And another point to your Vrabel point where, you know, just again, think of last week what Vrabel does. Hey, we're struggling a little bit. Hey, I, I got a flea flicker. I just He always gives his team like one or two plays too to go, yeah, we're not the most explosive offense or whatever, but we found one or two creative ways to kind of screw you over. And we got a, we got a touchdown out of it. And that's where he's really, really damn good. Uh, but... You know that that that's to me, Mike. You hit it. Is can they stop this this sledgehammer? This guy right here, and this is a really good offensive line, and it's not a great great run stopping D line by the Packers. I can see them running the ball, but the other question off that, Mike, is just who can be the go to guy? That's the thing we got to see with Tennessee down the stretch here in the pass game. There's got to be somebody to develop. Traylon Burks. It sounds like he's going to be back tonight. But they need something there. They can't find a way to throw a flea flicker or some trick play every week to make you know their one big explosive play of the of, of the week in the pass game. Burks did play on Sunday. He was targeted six times, three catches for twenty four yards. His return from injured reserve. Nick Westbrook Akini had two touchdowns, five catches for one hundred nineteen yards. Austin Hooper was involved. Derrick Henry a couple of catches. Robert Woods. There was a lot of hype preseason that Robert Woods was going to be some magical addition to the Titans offense. He really hasn't done much for them this year. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill was banged up, missed a couple of games, but he's back. He's healthy. They, they, they only mustered 17 points against the Broncos, but the Broncos are a damn good defense. Really the Broncos good did a good job of bottling up Derrick Henry, who had 53 yards on 19 carries. Again, I don't think 53 is going to be the number tonight. He's going to have more luck running against that Green Bay front. Yeah. This team and in Green Bay's uh, defense. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, hey, I mean, I meant to ago, say it's Henry not Denver's defense. Right, Excuse me. Right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, not that long ago, Henry had back to back 200 yard games. I, You know, he's a guy that that just kind of explodes when you least expect it. You know, it's not like every game's 100 yard or every game's 150, but he's got that potential to just go off. 
And I could see it happen tonight. And that's, that's, it's simple. Again, we overcomplicate it at times. This is a simple formula tonight for the Titans. Run and stop the run. Run and stop the run. And they can do both as well as anyone. Yeah, no, I, you're right. They can. They can do as good as anybody. But there's got to be, at least to their offense, a little bit of an element to where this is a team, again, you know, Green Bay's defense, it is very good. They're better at pass defense than run defense. But, you know, when you're playing a team like Tennessee and you go, wait, we don't have to – there's not a ton in the passing game we have to worry about. We can kind of go all in on stopping the run. That's where it gets interesting. It really does. And then you got a guy like Jair Alexander where, you know, you could flirt with playing some man-to-man and load the box and play that way as well. So that's where it does, it, it does intrigue me. You know, I, I could see Green Bay giving them a tough time. Like this is Tennessee, unlike last week where, yeah, it was basically just two drives the whole game and one of those drives was the flea flicker. Uh, they're going to have to depend a little bit more of a passing tack tonight. I don't think they're going to be able to just get away with just bludgeoning them in the run game. Joe Barry, that coaching staff up there in Green Bay, you know, they know what they're in, in store for here. They're, they're going to put all their eggs into stopping the Derrick Henry basket there. Well, it should be a great game tonight, a fun game, an old-school game. Hopefully there'll be a few snowflakes flying. The high in Green Bay today is 29, so mm. you'll see those. It's good you know, football you see the the steam coming out of the helmets. This is great, great November, December football time, and the only thing missing is snow. We mentioned the snow that will be in Buffalo earlier. Let's talk a little bit about that Browns-Bills game. And I have some good news. Yeah. I have some good news. What? The, the lake effect storm warning has been revised. Uh-oh. The, it changed, the huh? They didn't know. total snow accumulations are now – Two to four feet, not three okay. to six feet. Damn, it'll be so, 80 and sunny by the time Sunday comes up, around. I'm up not to worried. four feet of snow. <laughs> here, here it is. Travel will be very difficult to impossible. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. But either way, they'll find a way to play this game. They're not canceling the game. They'll, they'll, they'll get it done one way or the other, whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's in Cleveland, or whether it's in Detroit, whether it's in Toronto, they'll get this game in. So, um, the Browns at three and six, Deshaun Watson is back at practice. And there's a question about how you're going to split up the reps. You're getting Watson ready for week 13, but you still have to have Joby, Jacoby Brissett ready to go for the games that they're going to play until Watson is back. Josh Allen with the elbow. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, Chris, you know, we just kind of forget the elbows, even an issue because he played yeah. and he showed no ill effects of it, right. but he's still got He's still got that elbow injury that, you know, probably won't get fully better until he, he has uh, an extended break after the season ends. Yeah, right. Or maybe that th- after Thanksgiving. Well, actually, they played the Thursday after that, so maybe they'll have to be after that, right, where he gets just an extended time there. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, to, to your point, Mike, it was, it was hard to see anything there that you looked at it the other day and went, oh, wow, the elbow's affecting him. You know, maybe rhythm and timing and just some reps and – you know, mechanic type stuff just because I didn't get to practice that week. Okay, I could buy into some of that. But, you know, as far as the way the ball looked and the way the ball flew through the air, I mean, we were both sitting there watching the game on Sunday going, oh, wow, oh, whoa. And so he was still throwing lasers, typical Josh Allen lasers. Um, But, yeah, I would think it's something that they're going to, you know, have to put him on a little bit of a pitch count. Hey, how sore is it on a, you know, a, a Wednesday morning? Oh, it is a little sore. Okay, you don't throw today. Fine. So what? You know, but that, I, I would think that's going to be the life as uh, we move forward here, at least for the next few weeks or, from this guy. But he's a freak of nature, and he'll, he won't complain. He's old school, like we were talking about with Mike Rabel, and he's just going to continue to push forward. Here he is from yesterday talking about how he's managing that elbow injury. It'll get to a point, you know, where it's back to back to normal, um, and I, I don't feel it and don't have to worry about it. But until that that time comes, yeah, just being smart with it and making sure I'm not, you know, doing anything stupid in walkthroughs and um, not throwing it very hard, you know, and just staying in the, in the training room and still getting treatment on it. No, it doesn't impact my preparation. Again, we got uh, Case, you know, and, and Matt that are stepping in and, and whether they're throwing for me or um, doing all that stuff. We got vets that understand it and again just making sure that I'm, I'm going through each rep in my mind and um, you know the training training staff has me on you know a specific plan that we'll follow and 
um, you know, that's, that's kind of up to them, but uh, we'll trust them with that. Allen also addressed his recent rash of turnovers and acknowledged that sometimes he tries to do too much. Maybe there's a play here or there that maybe I did cross the line. He understands he needs to trust the other guys around him, take the check down when it's there, and make the smart play. Kind of reminds me a little bit about the the bumps that we've seen with Patrick Mahomes sure. from time to time. Sure. Where he wants that home run ball yeah. and he forces it and gets into trouble that way instead of just taking what the defense is giving you. And there's also, and we've talked about this, an element of predictability that's creeping in that allowed Patrick Peterson to study film and know what was coming and get those two interceptions. That's concerning as well. So the combination of recklessness with some some tells and some tendencies that are coming through in the film and, and they've cracked the code a little bit on Josh Allen, and now it's incumbent on the Bills to uncrack it to get to yeah. get ahead of what defenses expect. Yeah, th- that's right. I think there's you know certainly truth to that, Mike, and what you're saying. And then I think you know really the most base point is he just got to stop doing some dumb dumb crap. That's what he's done. You know, uh, you know the yeah the last interception in the game. Certainly, I'm sure there's some tells there that they need to work on. You know, they obviously had Gabe Davis broken down from what you heard on the Patrick Peterson podcast there. He understood what kind of routes he was going to run really throughout the day. And then that would be a throw there, too, where I'd go, I bet you reps from the week, that's where it hurt you. You know, there was there's some accuracy, missed accuracy throws from the game last week because of lack of reps. Yeah, I think there was a few throws I could look at and go, man, he doesn't usually miss that or make that type of throw there. Um, but I think the ultimate thing, Mike, is to your point. It's just, it's a lot on him. And I like what you said because it is a, like he's gone basically all of last year and the year before of being magic man, like Mahomes, where you were just like, I don't know. He does the damnedest things ever. And he makes throws where I go, oh, no, don't do it. And I go, whoa, he got it in. Whoa, he got it in. And after like 100 times of doing it, you start to go, well, damn, it's not luck. It's this guy can do it every time. And that's where we were with Mahomes. But we've hit a point here where, yeah, he's lost that, you know, the gauge there a little bit of going like, wait, here's reckless and here's tactically aggressive. And he's gone reckless a little here as of late. And he'll dial it back in, I'm sure. He's very smart and he's just got to make that adjustment. But, um, yeah, that's the number one thing hurting their team here as of late is that and mistakes across the board. I mean, that interception in the end zone of Patrick Peterson, what's Isaiah McKenzie do? He's sitting watching him run up the sidelines for a 40-yard gain. Tackle him at the five. What were you doing? The, the, I mean, that is so amazing to me. I mean, and Peterson told me, once Allen broke the pocket, he shoved McKenzie out of bounds, and then McKenzie acted just, like he's he literally watched him from participating in the play. He, he literally, yeah, he's standing with all his hands on his hips. Hey, there he goes. Hey, there he goes. Look at that, Josh. I hope you get him, Josh. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean it was crazy. And then, you know, they had rookie players that mess, messed up and made mistakes. The defenders, you know, whether it lower was – Lower right corner. Watch the lower right corner here. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not uh, the play. Yeah, it's oh, not that's, the, it's the that's the first last one. one. Well, Sorry. Yeah, but, Sorry. But, but, but either way um, – yeah. Their team let them let them down in a lot of ways, and it wasn't just all him. I mean, think of Benford, the rookie corner. He made some bonehead mistakes, personal fouls, playing cover two, and he's up in the flat, and you're like, wait, there's nobody in the flat, and Justin Jefferson's behind you. What are you doing? You know, there was plenty of mistakes to go around. They're just not playing clean football, but I think they'll they'll get back on track. I just have too much faith in McDermott and company, like almost like Vrabel, where I just feel like they'll they'll get it right. They'll get those those little issues fixed and and get rolling here again soon. Well, and they they get a good opponent this week because the Browns have been kind of seems like it's yeah, they, they got that they got that big win against the Bengals. Yeah. Right? right. To go to the bye at three and five and we have a different vibe and a different feel and a different level of optimism. And then they go to Miami and just get stomped. Yeah. So I don't know how to feel about the Browns. And I feel like at this point they're just doing everything they can to hold it together until Deshaun Watson is back and is playing. And as I mentioned, he's back and he's practicing and and I, how would you go about getting him ready, but also keeping Jacoby Brissett ready? Like, what do you do? You start giving Watson first team reps now, Chris? What would you do? Well, I think that you know Jacoby still gets the first team reps, but just say, you know, in a normal practice, all right, we have a twelve play period. The starting quarterback on a Wednesday, he he gets all twelve. 
You know, every now and then, maybe if it's like a veteran quarterback who's, you know, trying to take a little wear and tear off of his arm, those 12 plays, he might go, well, I'll take nine, and you can let the backup take the last three, and he can get some reps with the first team, maybe on a Wednesday, a veteran-type quarterback. I think I would approach it kind of that way. Like, hey, we're going to do stuff with you after practice and all that, and you're going to go through all the individual. Jacoby's going to get the majority of the, the practice reps, but we're going to throw you in on the last few plays of each period just to get you going here a little bit. And then you're going to do scout team as well just so you can get going there as well and get playing and you know get used to the speed of the game. I would go that way. And then as you get to that, they got a um, – well, yeah, he's got two more weeks before he can play, actually, right? So I would slowly 13, go that way. Yeah, slowly go that way. And then as you get into that you know, week of the game, you make the, the switch and he gets every rep. When he does play, yeah. it will be his first regular season game since January 3, 2021. It's insane. Final week of the 2020 season, a 41-38 loss to the Titans at home. That was the last time we've seen him. We'll see him back in Houston for that return game. And, you know, somebody was asking me about this yesterday. Like, how how big of a deal is it going to be? I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal as we thought because this is just one game dropped in with the cluster of others that will start at 1 o'clock Eastern on that Sunday in early December. And neither team is a powerhouse. The Texans are an afterthought. They're one of the worst teams record-wise in the NFL, even though, as I continue to say, they're not embarrassing themselves. They're playing everyone tough. Uh, they, they played the Giants within one score. They gave the Eagles everything they could handle, and I wouldn't be surprised if they, they pull off a victory this weekend. But um, I just think it's not going to be – it's not going to be as big of a deal as we would have thought. Everyone's processed it. Everyone's accepted it. Yeah. He's serving his suspension. And I'm not, trust me, I'm not defending him. I'm just I'm just trying to estimate how big of a deal it's going to be. I just don't think it's going to be nearly as big of a deal as we would have thought back when the suspension was finalized. And we all said, oh, crap, his first game back is at Houston. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree with that. You know, I, I think everyone has kind of come to terms with it. People are exhausted by it. The fact that they're not very good and not in the conversation, really in the AFC playoff conversation, I think that takes a little sizzle off the story altogether, right? But still something I think we're all going to have our eyes on for sure. And he's going to get booed mercilessly uh, as he goes into state in the stadium in Houston. That's for sure as well. But um, yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, it's it's not going to overtake the NFL like it did, you know, the majority of the off season. At least it doesn't seem that way. In the spirit of the looming season, I'm giving you a pass for mercilessly because I just assume you misspoke. I did. We all misspeak. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, so I, I, you don't think that's the word. You know it's mercilessly. That was just a misspeak. Yeah, and again, right. we all do it. I do it. I've probably done it five times today. I'm looking at the schedule for that day that, that Deshaun comes back. Right. The other games include Packers at the Bears, mm -hmm. a pretty significant and impactful game. Broncos at the Ravens which has got storylines with Russell Wilson versus Lamar Jackson. How about the Jets, the Vikings being played at the same damn time as Browns, Texans? How about Titans at Eagles being played at the same time as Browns, Texans? Commanders, Giants being played at the same time. There's eight games in that window. So I just really think it's going to take a lot for it to stand out and be as significant as we would have thought it would be back at the time. And we also thought the Browns would be better than they are. Yeah. They could be three and eight going into that game. Yeah. I, I mean, I think and by all due accounts, if you made me bet, I, I would expect that, right? They got the, the bills this week. They got the, what the bucks the next week after that. So, right. That's, it's not matchups that I look at them being able to win this week. We'll see. Maybe the weather helps them out a little bit. We do know they have a very good run game. We've seen teams run on Buffalo a little bit here as of late, but you know, that's you know, maybe they can make it interesting, yeah. but I, I, I don't but really expect it. I don't expect it. I think the snow is going to help the Buffalo passing game because, number one, the receivers know where they're going. Right. Right. When they, you know, they, it's harder to keep up with a guy when you're chasing him in the snow and you don't know where he's going. And number two, hello, Wyoming, Josh Allen. Yeah, it just doesn't matter to missiles him. Right. Through the wind and the snow and right. the everything out there. That won't be an issue. No, I agree. That, that's where they have an incredible advantage uh, against really just about 
anybody except for for you know Herbert Mahomes, Mahomes right? I mean, it's it's those guys that are going to be able to. Okay, we got to go up there and play and wind and cold. We can we can cut it through there with our arm and the way we throw the ball. You know, Joe Burrow, I'd, I'd probably put him in that list. I think Lamar could probably cut it through there, too. I do. But, yeah, you know, you said it. Mahomes and Allen, are, they're impervious to some of those elements. They can just throw it through anything, and that's a great advantage for, for Buffalo in these type of games. You know, I just had a flash of a memory, and sometimes at this age my memories are dead on balls accurate. Other times it's <laughs> either wishful thinking or, or it just never got in the right way. But – that Monday night game last year yeah. in Buffalo when right. it was super windy and Bill Belichick rope-a-dope Sean McDermott into kind of giving up on the passing game until the Bills had to were running out of chances. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Whoa, wait, Josh he can Allen throw can throw it. in this. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. we should have been doing this all night. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that should be the ultimate because that was like one of the windiest games we've seen in the history of the NFL. And yeah, they were getting dominated on the ground, and they finally said, "Okay, we can't. We got to throw it." And he had no problem. I mean, he's again. It's it's it's. This is a guy that we're talking about as one of the greatest arms in the history of football. It's it's there in that conversation already. Uh, and yeah, I don't think there's anything they need to worry about anymore. They just he just got to be careful with the football, and they got to get back to protecting it that way and uh, get a little healthy. But I still think Buffalo is one of the best teams in football. I really do. Hey, the most important thing, too, and it's kind of good that this snow creates an issue. It makes it easier to hit the reset button and forget about that roller coaster ride that they were on that they ultimately lost. Because I don't know how you get past that if you're either team. If you won it or if you lost it. I saw Kevin O'Connell. We're going to talk about the Vikings coming up next segment. But Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, actually did more of a walkthrough on Wednesday because these guys are still, they're still drained. They got to be physically and emotionally drained from what they went through on Sunday. So let's go ahead and take a break and see if the Vikings can continue to keep their hot streak going when the Cowboys come to town. And the Cowboys, as of yesterday, were actually favored to win the game. We'll talk about that when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because hey listen remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation and you were like i'm serious if that leaks over the counter it'll be a slimy abomination by the time i get back and i was like yeah 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 of course don't worry about it i won't forget <laughs> well oh yeah that happens so start clean with clorox use clorox products as directed rinse after use if in contact with food surface